How many of you have ever heard a lion roar? It got your attention, right? There was some authority there. One of the things that's interesting about it is there's not necessarily any other overt physical action or indication of anything. All a lion has to do is roar. Well, most of you are aware that Jesus is referred to as the Lion of Judah, among other titles. And that really got started, I think, back there in uh, Hosea, chapter 5, verse 14. It talks about a young lion going into Judah. This morning, I want us to think about Jesus' authority and how that is expressed. Our sermon text this morning comes from Matthew chapter 6, which is the middle, more or less, give or take, of the Sermon on the Mount. And of course, the Sermon on the Mount is Jesus teaching us to have his heart. That's really what he's teaching. That's what he's teaching. There are, there are a lot of do's and don'ts, if you want to look at it that way, in the Sermon on the Mount. But the Sermon on the Mount is not, I, I believe, I believe, is not to be taken legalistically. Legalism gets us into a whole heap of trouble and has caused the church, the church universal, trouble in many, many ways at different times throughout history. Jesus is trying to teach a way of looking at things so that we don't have to remember not to do the things we shouldn't do. You know, I don't for the life of me think that Jesus ever once thought about killing somebody. Just didn't cross his mind. And he teaches us that we're not even supposed to be angry. This morning's reading starts in Matthew chapter 6 at verse 7, which is actually in the middle of one of Jesus' trains of thought here. But that's okay. Consider the word of the Lord, and if you had a red letter, if you had a red letter Bible, these letters would be in red because it is Jesus speaking. When you are praying, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do. For they think that they will be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them. For your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then in this way. Our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And do not bring us to the time of trial but rescue us from the evil one. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. 
But if you do not forgive others, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And whenever you fast, do not look dismal like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces so as to show others that they are fasting. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, put oil on your head and wash your face so that your fasting may be seen not by others, but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who sees in secret will reward you. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust consume and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust consumes and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The word of the Lord for the people of the Lord. Please be in prayer with me and for me. Dear Father, thank you for loving us enough to send Jesus as an example of your love, your goodness, and as a sacrifice for us. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, our strength and our salvation. Amen. Well, like I said, I believe Jesus is trying to teach us in this particular teaching, which I, which I personally believe is the most important teaching in Jesus' teachings. And I, I personally believe we would truly see a change in the world if those of us who called ourselves Christians would do like Jesus told us in the Sermon on the Mount. And also, I would encourage all of you to read the Sermon on the Mount often. Matthew chapter 5 through Matthew chapter 7. Over and over and over again, Stored up in your heart. Learn what it says. It's about a transformation. It's about a transformation of heart so that we, we really don't have to think about our actions. And how many of you, how many of you, I, I, and, I, and I believe all of us have certain things we do that are just automatic, right? We don't even think about it. I think that's Jesus' intention with the Sermon on the Mount and his teachings. So that we act in a manner that's harmonious with God's will and we don't even have to think about it. We don't even have to think about it. That's, that's, that's the point of being a disciple of Jesus, a true follower of his. Think about anything you've ever done in life. When you learned how to drive a car, you were a disciple of the person teaching you to drive the car. You did what they taught you. And now I believe most of us, 
When you first learned to drive a car, it was probably uh, a foreboding thing to you and you were, you were unsure of yourself. But most of us now are pretty sure about that. That's the way our Christian walk is meant to be. It's not something we should have to question over and over and think about. It's just something that should naturally flow out of us, right? When Jesus was talking to talking about you know the things we said, you know, he said he said what, or the and the things we ate, he said you know out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth speaks. So what are you speaking about? What are you thinking about? It comes out of the abundance of your heart, and that's what Jesus is teaching here: how to transform your thinking so that your thinking is in harmony with God's will. I said this was in the middle of a train of thought of his. He's, he's actually covering several subjects here, but the first thing he, he talked about that we didn't read about this morning was giving alms. He talks about giving alms, and he says when you give alms, you know, don't let your right hand know what your left hand's doing. And then he goes into talking about prayer, and he says, you know, don't just ramble on, on and on and on about prayer. God knows what we need. And then he talks about fasting. Now, the underlying tacit assumption here is, is these are things that followers of Jesus do. It's my experience these days that a whole lot of followers of Jesus are pretty good about giving alms. They're pretty good about prayer. But I find a lot of people who don't fast at all. There's nothing in Scripture that says that fasting has ended. And in fact, fasting is a, is a tremendous, tremendous spiritual discipline because it allows you to truly understand that you depend upon God. And it also gives you the ability to not let your body call all the shots. You see, spiritual disciplines are things that allow you to do things that otherwise you couldn't do if you practice them and get good at them. But we won't go into that right now. Jesus blows away a lot of theology, a lot of denominationalism, a lot of myths that some of us might hold, a lot of prejudices we might have, a lot of things that need to be changed by his very first words in the Lord's Prayer, right? He says, our Father. He didn't say my Father. He didn't say your Father. He didn't say their Father. He said, our Father. And he established right there for anybody listening to him and anybody that comes along later like us that listen to him, that God is our Father. And we are all God's children. You know, Paul picked it up in Galatians. There's not uh, Jew or Greek or slave or free or male or female. You know, we're all part of the body of Christ. We're all God's children. Moreover, when Jesus said that, he established our nature, our identity, not just as a child of God, but as a creature that has characteristics of God. All right. Somebody was pointing out to me between the services, somebody, I, I, and I didn't even look at it. There's a picture of a puppy up on the bulletin board. I don't know if somebody's given away a puppy or if it's some human interest story or what, 
But anyway, if you have a couple of dogs and they have puppies, that's what they have, right? Dogs don't have cats. Mules don't have rabbits. God has children that have God's characteristics. We're created in God's image. And that's, and that's not to be taken lightly. As it tells us in Leviticus 19.2, right? It says, be holy, for I the Lord your God am holy. We are called to be light and salt in this world. We're not called to go along with everything else that goes on. Jesus tells us that real prayer is about a relationship between us and God. It's not about a relationship between us and those around us and how we might think they think about us, right? That's not what it's about at all. And of course, he's given, he's given the religious leaders of his time a real hard time here, as he often did, because Jesus understood that his job was to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comforted, right? That was part of his job description. And he said, your outward things are a reflection of what's inside of you. It's not the other way around. So he said there in, in, earlier in the Sermon on the Mount, in uh, chapter 5, verse 20, he said what? He said, unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and the Pharisees, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. Well, it's pretty, it's pretty straightforward. You know, a lot of times we like to complicate things, but there's really no reason to. When we look around us in life, most things are really very simple. We complicate them, but, but most of them are really very simple, just like Jesus' teachings are really very simple. It, it, uh, but anyway, he said, then he goes on to talk about fasting. And he says, what? When you fast, don't let anybody know it, you know? To hear Jesus there, some of these scribes and Pharisees probably had buttons on that said, I am fasting today, please feel bad for me. Right? No, no, no. When you fast, nobody's supposed to be able to tell it. So maybe I was wrong at the first when I said a lot of people don't fast. Maybe y'all are all just doing it right, and I don't know anything about it, you know? Could be, you know? Which again, which again, we all need to remember, right? Like Jesus told us in John 9, 24, don't judge by mere appearances, but make a righteous judgment. Make a righteous judgment. So he said when you fast, you know, don't let everybody know it. If you let everybody know you're fasting, if you let everybody know you're praying, if you let everybody know how much you're kicking into the offering plate, you have your reward. You've got your reward taken care of. Your award was the attaboy you got from the people who saw you do it, right? That's your reward. And that's your reward in full, according to Jesus. There's, there's nothing else there. Store up your treasure in heaven. Where your heart is, your treasure is. 
Wow. Wow. You know, that's the thing, that's the thing about the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is, and the Lord's Prayer for that matter. I mean, we could, we could spend days talking about the Lord's Prayer, and we will in other ways, but, but today is not the day we're going to do that. But, you know, not only does he establish who God is, who we are, what our relationship with each other is, and he, he, he shows us God's goodness and God's provision for all of us. And, and everything in here is, is so concise and good. But he says, you know, don't worry about amassing a bunch of stuff, right? A bunch of stuff. And we all know all the cliches and everything else, but, but they're true. They're really true. When you, when, you, when you really have a crisis in your life, when something's going on, when you're lonely, when you're discouraged, when, when, you're, when you're not living in the kingdom of heaven, which Jesus said is where? Right here. We can have it today, right now. All we have to do is accept what he said and follow the instructions. When you're not living in the kingdom of heaven, and you're really upset. You've been diagnosed with a, a killer disease, or you've lost a family member, or you've lost your job, or you can't quit drinking, or whatever it is in your life that's bothering you. You know, it really doesn't fix that if somebody comes along and says, here's a new car. Just doesn't do it, right? What does it? is the love we share, the relationships we share with God and each other. That's what does it. That's the real thing. So when you do things in secret, Jesus says, and he's not, he's not saying in secret like it's some sort of oh, clandestine deal or that you're trying to keep it from everybody. It's not that you're trying to keep it from everybody so much as it is. It's, it's, again, it's what goes on inside of you. It's what's inside of you where the change has to take place, where the change has to take place. And when what's inside of you changes, what's outside of you automatically changes. It has to. It has to. There's, there's, there's no way around it. So he says, if you do these things in secret, your Father, which seeth in secret, will reward you. And what's that reward going to be? That reward's going to be peace. It's going to be joy. It's going to be hope. It's going to be love. And those things don't get eaten up by moths or taken away by thieves. So as I said earlier, I, I implore all of you, Study Jesus' words, you know. We're supposed to make disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what we're supposed to be doing. There are all sorts of organizations in the world that can do all sorts of other things. And some of those things are very laudable and necessary. But we're called to make disciples of Jesus Christ. That's what we're called to do. And the surest way to do it is to follow His instructions. I'll close with the way he closed the Sermon on the Mount at the end of Matthew chapter 7. 
He said, everyone who hears these words of mine and does them is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat upon that house and it did not fall. And everyone who hears these words of mine and does not do them is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell and the floods came and the wind blew and beat against that house and it fell and the fall of it was great. And when Jesus finished these sayings, the crowds were astonished at his teaching, for he taught as one who had authority and not as their scribes.